Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your pastor, Pastor James Dogger Jr., and I'm excited to welcome you to the 13th night of our QR2 Prophecy Edition. I pray that God has been good to you. We are at the brinks of another Sabbath. We're right here, y'all, and I'm excited that you've chosen to enter into the sacred hours of the Sabbath with us here at the QR2 moving forward, not moving forward, excuse me, the Prophecy Edition. I'm excited again that I didn't come by myself. I came here, y'all, with a friend. I got a co-host who is in the virtual building. And as I'm preparing to bring him in, I just want to show some love to all of you who are tuning in all over the world. We appreciate you. We got some folk from Huntsville. We got some people from uh, Virginia. We have people from California. Uh, we, we got people from New York. We appreciate all of you for coming through and worshiping with us this evening. And again, we pray that God has been good to you. Listen, I hope you're ready to worship God. Where's my co-host at? I got to bring in my co-host. I brought somebody. His name is none other than Dr. You got to call him Dr. Now, Dr. Christopher Thompson. Dr. Thompson, are you here? So glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. We're glad that you're here in the building. I see you sitting in that 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 red uh, couch, that red chair that many of us have become so familiar with. I don't I, I didn't give you a heads up, but I want you right now, if you don't mind, let us know a little bit about that chair and some of the amazing things that you've been doing on social media and different platforms and kind of just sharing some tidbits. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. So so this is I'm sitting on the thinking chair, man, yeah. where where we where we gather for what what I do, what I like to do with church leaders and communicators, what we call the think and chair chat, where we just sit and talk about uh, all things communications, all things mm -hmm. uh, church media, and, and just trying to help leaders to communicate better. So that's that's what this is all about. It's an extension of my office is where I right. read, think, and write. And so I figured I'd let some people come into my little reading room and, and do some thinking with me. Well, we appreciate you for opening up your thinking chair and that office there. Uh, we've been receiving from you and we appreciate you for being so willing to share with us those that wisdom that God has given you. Again, I'm happy that you're here, man, as my co-host. Listen, y'all need to know that Dr. Thompson, he he's a baller in his own right. However, 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 however. You know, nobody beats Father Time, right? So, so I need, <laughs> I need you, Doctor Thompson. Let us know how are you doing, man. I heard recently that you had uh, another injury to another foot because you were injured. On tell what's going on. What's going on? What's going on is I'm getting old, man, and, and I, love, I still love the game of basketball. But the fact is, 
I'm not 18 anymore. I'm not 21 anymore. Man. You can't do what you used to do, but man, I'm thank I'm thankful that um that God is still good. Yes, he is. <laughs> that, that, that God's healing power is real. <laughs> Yes, uh, yes. I thank God for restoration and I thank God for wisdom to uh to let young people do what young people do. <laughs> right, right. I look, I know the competitive nature within you, man. It just wants you pushes you to go out on the court and to remind them that you know how to use that backboard. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Dr. Thompson, I don't know if I've seen anybody shoot a bank shot more than this man of God who is on who is on as the co-host for this evening. This man will hit from wherever he is on the floor. He'll find a way to use that backboard to make that shot. Anyways, we're praying with you, man. We hope that you are are feeling better, that you are recu- recovering. How is your recovery process coming I'm along? I'm thankful, man. I, I, I truly believe, I said it before I say it again, I truly believe in the healing power of God. I'm thankful for those who have been praying. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember the, the first time this happened, and I, I feel like it's, the experience was similar. Um, I walked in and they said, well, it's obvious that you tore your Achilles, but mm. you three guys come in here to ride them with pain and, yeah. and it's swollen up real big like a melon. But I didn't I didn't really have that experience. So I'm just thankful, man, that the, yeah. the Lord has special blessings for his children. Yes, and I, I believe that, man. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm grateful. Um, it could be worse. Right. So, right. so we take the good with the bad and we 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 trust the Lord for the rest. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I appreciate your optimistic, positive perspective. Uh, what we've been doing, Dr. Thompson, all week after we heard the the news that we lost um, a mighty warrior in Pastor Walter Pearson, we've been highlighting um, his legacy. And each night at the beginning of our worship experiences, we have a short clip that we pull from one of his many sermons. And at this moment, I want us to go ahead and dive right into our legacy moment so that we can hear a little bit of a sermon preached by none other than Pastor Walter Pearson. Well, what I've learned is that the beauty that God gives you does not vanish. Uh, there are people now, men and women, who have learned to make themselves more attractive with things that come in jars. You've seen all the shows. There are doctors who can play with your physiognomy and do things with your face and your form and make you look better than you did before. However, they say that eventually gravity still wins. What I've discovered is that if God makes you look good, and I promise you, I have seen it. I thank God for being an evangelist. I've traveled all around the world. I have preached to people who came to hear the word of God ugly. But I sat there and watched them as God began to make them look better. I've seen men with bloodshot eyes and yellow teeth. They bent over. They looked like they could barely walk. But as they opened up the word of God, God touched them, straightened them up, cleared their eyes, brightened their teeth, put a new bounce in that step. And I would say that if you are a man who wants to look better, before you go to the plastic surgeon, open up the Word of God and see what God can do for you. Young lady, before you go putting things on and changing things around, 
Let Jesus come into your heart. He's got a way of changing you from the inside. In fact, I've seen ladies who have grown old in the church, and even after they are gray and wrinkled, God arranges their gray hair and puts their wrinkles in the right place so that they're still pretty. Only God can do that. Dr. Thompson, man, that man could could preach. And, and we appreciate all of you who have been praying for and with the Pearson family. Uh, Dr. Thompson, did you ever get a chance to meet this man of God or, or yeah. listen to any of his messages? Yeah, all the time, all the time. As a matter yeah. of fact, I ran into Elder Pearson uh, last, last April. And um, I mean, he was in a wheelchair. He was obviously um sick but uh he was he still had a smile and he gave me a little joke yeah but, but awesome man of god such a powerful powerful preacher um a a a, a he we learned from him yeah we yeah. learned about preaching from him and um it's it's just a, I, a matter of fact I, I came here direct from the studio making some preparations for the funeral and so man, just, just honored to uh, to have known him and to have sat under him and to yeah. li listen to his preaching and, and, and so glad to be a part of his legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep praying, y'all, for the Pearson family. And we also want you to keep praying for Dr. C and his family as well as they are going through this season. Um, we want to encourage all of you, press that share button. We need you guys to share this stream. Uh, don't be selfish with the word. Don't be selfish with this experience. Listen, press the share button. We need you to share it so that those with whom you are in connection can get this good word from Dr. Bushner tonight. Um, I'm excited about tonight, uh, Dr. Thompson. I'm excited because God has something specific for us, something that has our name on it. And I got to celebrate a few people um, who are worshiping with us because I just saw in the comment section, let me see. We got some people who are with us all the way from the Netherlands. You see this? Man, awesome. we celebrate you guys, man. Awesome. We also got people from Virginia. We got folk from, uh, is that the Bahamas? We got some people from the Bahamas, Nassau. We appreciate all of you. We got some people from Cleveland in the house. Um, we love you guys, and we thank you guys for coming through to worship with us. Make sure, though, that you share this stream. We need to get the word out there that we are currently live and God is moving here at the QR2 Prophecy Edition. Dr. Thompson, I wonder where our sensei is. He's been taking the last couple nights off. Dr. Doggett has been resting up a little bit and we encourage that because we live, the ba we live a balanced life now. Yeah. You don't just embrace the sun, you also embrace the moon. You got to know that if you're in the day all the time, then that's where burnout happens so you got to remember that the day and the night are valuable and we appreciate him for taking those nights up but we need him to come back i wonder if dr dog is in the virtual building let's see if we can get him in here real quick there he is <laughs> <laughs> what's sensei sensei hey, hey, hey good evening sir how are you doing i'm doing good you got chris thompson on on, on the screen i i know we're here for a good night tonight and we're wait a minute let me just ask you did i hear you say that he damaged something playing basketball. What did he do? What, Chris, what did you do? We, I tore the left Achilles. I tore the right oh, Achilles. Well, you did. <laughs> I tore the left Achilles this time. Forgive Goodness me for laughing, all of you online. I didn't really laugh. It just looked like I laughed. 
Yeah, Chris, Chris is tough. Chris is tough. And I know you're going to heal well, Chris. And you're also hard-headed, which means you're going to get right back out on the we floor. We already know. As soon as that at somewhat heals. But it's good to yeah. see you, Doc. It's good to yeah, see you, man. Same here. All Same right. Here. All right. Sensei, are you feeling rejuvenated? How are you feeling oh, tonight? Man. I'm feeling real rejuvenated. And let me just tell you the truth. I did yeah. not miss the last two nights. I, I was right. kind of multitasking. I was right. resting and I was watching, you know, watching and waiting. I was doing <laughs> both. And I, I heard the preachers the last two nights, those passionate mm. proclaimers, uh, yes, Rebecca sir. Davis and Rashad Burden, and they gave it their all. God Absolutely. poured into them. They poured into us. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it from a different vantage point the last two nights. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we thank you for tuning in, although you're supposed to be resting. I guess you can rest and watch I at was, the same I time. Was. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, listen, listen, Dr. Doggett, we have been blessed this far in the revival. We are almost at the midway point. I can't believe it. We're at night 13. And then Mm. we have night 14 tomorrow, which is the literal midway point in this Mm -hmm. four week revival. And God has been blessing us real, real good. I do know, though, that we have one of our preachers who delivered a message that was power packed last week who I believe is here, and and this is your moderation moment. So we're just going to turn the floor over to you, and you lead us in this moment. No problem at all. And I, I am glad to have the gentleman who's going to come on tonight come on. If mm-hmm. I were to kind of uh, summarize the theme of most who have preached thus far in mm-hmm. this particular revival, I would go back to biblical definitions as it relates to prophecy. Exodus, the seventh chapter, gives us the most concise definition of prophecy when god said to moses moses i know you say you don't talk well that's fine Mm -hmm. i you hear well so i'm going to talk to you and then i want you to talk to aaron and aaron will talk to pharaoh and he said it this way he said you will be like god to aaron and aaron will be your prophet so go back and just kind of break that down a little bit i've heard you preach this uh, uh, JD, Pastor JD, in a very powerful way. The bottom line is it's prophetic when God declares it and then you declare what God said to others. Yes. That is being prophetic. Blacks mm-hmm. have been prophetic in their preaching all along, declaring what the Lord has said. And the old prophets, if you look at them, they would they would direct God's word to various audiences. Often God would say, tell Pharaoh or yeah. tell the people of Israel. Or go tell King Ahab that it's about to rain again. God would usually direct the prophet to who they need to address the message of God to. Mm -hmm. Well, we have definitions. We've talked about this before. There's foretelling and there's foretelling. Foretelling, yeah, is when you are making a prediction. God has said something about the future and you declare it. That's one type of prophecy, and that was usually directed in Bible times to the people of God. He would tell them what was to come, what was right around the corner, so that they wouldn't be deceived. They would know the tricks of the devil. But then there was also forth-telling. Forth-telling is to simply proclaim forth to others who need to hear. It's just telling it right now. And so far in this revival, we've heard prophetic messages, and most of them have been forth telling, simply dissecting the times and speaking to the times and to the powers that be. And I thank God for that, but we're going to be getting a mix of prophetic messages. 
-hmm. We're also going to get some that are directed to the people of God that are going to talk about what God says is going to happen in the immediate future. And I have a little preview on tonight's message. Preacher shared a little bit with me. We're close yeah. friends. And I know he's going to be doing some foretelling tonight. He's going to be yeah. talking about what lies ahead. But there yeah. is a preacher who came in last Friday night, I believe it was. Yes, was it sir. not Friday night? It was Friday and that night. Preacher preached. And many people heard it. In fact, the numbers are just rising as mm -hmm. to those who have watched and listened to that sermon. And I'm thankful that people can get missed sermons on Facebook. They can also get it on YouTube. So if you miss a night, you can always go back and pick it up. So he preached to a congregation much larger than those who were watching on the screen at that particular time. Mm -hmm. And God spoke to him and he had an experience last weekend. After he preached on Friday night, on Sabbath, something went down, and he was part of it, and he was able to declare the word of God. And the whole experience has really buoyed me up. And over 100,000, maybe close to 150 or so, thousand people heard him and what he did last Sabbath when the Spirit of God fell on him. And he shared the word of God, not just to the people of God, but to the community at large. He was prophetic, prophetic. especially last weekend. And is, you going to bring him on now? Everybody Let's bring him in. Let's bring him in. Myers. Ivor Myers. Hello, guys. Hello. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It is uh, good to be on with you all. Well, it's good to see you, man. You've gone viral in a literal sense. You know, forget COVID virus, you yeah. went viral with right. the word of God. And something happened on last week that I'd like you to just share with the people. Prophecy is not just about what's going to happen in the future. Thank God he's warned us. Yeah. But it's also about what needs to happen right now. God has a right now word. And I'd like for you to just share what happened on last Sabbath. Yeah. So, and actually, uh, doctor, this was about two weeks ago. So mm -hmm. the sermon I preached was two Sabbaths ago. And then last Sunday, we followed up with something. Um, so uh, a few weeks back, two weeks ago, we, uh, the Lord uh, led me to preach a message called The Hidden Agenda Behind Racism. And uh, in that message, I kind of pulled back uh, the veil to show a higher view of what is going on in, you know, behind the scenes of the situation we find ourselves in as a nation. Uh, in that message, I reveal that basically God created the human race, not races. So in essence, there is one race and that is the human race. And Satan hates that human race, which makes him by definition, the ultimate and actually the first racist. As such, he hates the human race and his whole mission, his whole goal is to destroy the human race by whatever means necessary. And one of the things that I began to expound on in that message is that when God created man to, to be in his image and in his likeness, we looked at what God was like. And the book of Ezekiel reveals that the glory of God was like a rainbow. All the colors together reflect the glory and greatness of God. So Ezekiel sees this picture and he sees God and the light coming from him is a rainbow. So when we come back to humanity and see that God made humanity 
in all different colors. Together, we were to reflect the image and glory of God. And so since Satan hates the human race, and since he is a racist, what better way to destroy the human race by turning the colors to war with one another? And the Lord just helped me to really build that message and really reveal a, a, a spiritual context that I think not a lot of people catch. Um, last Sunday, we put on a protest in our community. We didn't know how many people were going to show up. Ends up that about 400 people showed up to this, to this protest. It was a peaceful protest. Um, and we held the protest a block away from our church. Um, Protest lasted about two hours. At the end of the protest, uh, those 400 people marched to the front lawn of my church. And there I was able to preach to them in a nine minute message, the very message I, I'm sharing with you now, the me very message I shared a week and uh, two weeks ago, and to see how this secular audience received that message that Christ was the is the only way to deliver the racist from being a slave to Satan was just mind blowing. And um, I saw in that the grassroots of a movement that is able to capture what's going on in our world socially today and combine it with the preaching of the three angels messages to present to the world a solution which they do not possess. I hear you. I hear you. Now, it's interesting you talked about spiritual remedies, which are ultimate. The only way a life is changed is Jesus. God must change a life. We're clear on that. But you also said that on last Sunday you were involved in a protest. That's right. So are we supposed to, are we supposed to protest against what is wrong and at the same time, deliver the ultimate way that people who are wrong can become right? Is that what so, you're saying? So what I'm saying is this. Moses did not stand on the outskirts of Egypt to preach a message. He went into Egypt. He had to show that he identified with the people who were going through tribulation. He had to show that he had empathy. And only when he showed that he was there with them would they listen to him. So we're, you know, we it's not enough for us to stand behind our pulpits. It's not enough for us to stand behind our computers and say, hey, this is the way walking in it. I believe that we must get into our community. And what I see, uh, uh, Pastor, is really two mistakes. On one hand, you have a, a group of people in the church who are saying, we shouldn't be getting involved in this. It's not our business. We should be preaching the three angels' messages, and it's, this is just a distraction. I think that is so far off from the gospel. I don't even, I don't understand what to say to that. Because your version of the three angels' messages and the, and the everlasting gospel is not the Bible version of the three angels' messages and the everlasting gospel, which calls us to minister to the oppressed. On the other hand, there's another view, which is, hey, let's get out there and protest and get and 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 seek the same answers or the same solutions that the world is seeking. I think 
that middle ground is to be able to be empathize, to, to empathize with what they are going through, empathize with what the community is struggling with, and at the same time say, hey, listen, we've got an answer that the world doesn't have. But they're not going to listen to us if we're not out there showing that we care about the issues that they are facing. Amen. So it's not one or the other. Absolutely. We believe, yeah, we believe that we've got to be with the people in pointing out the injustices that are taking place at pointing our fingers underneath the nose of those who are oppressing others, even right. as Jesus turned over the tables of those who were spiritually oppressing those who are coming to the temple for salvation. Absolutely. And we've got to never forget that the ultimate package that we deliver is the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you shared that with me, when you shared that with me, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask our host and our, um, yeah, if you all will come back on. When you shared that with me, um, I thought about the message of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I thought about the message of Jesus that was aggressive, that highlighted what evil looked like and what good looks like. And I thought to myself, I think he's on to something that is really going to catch some traction because if we start looking like those that we are protesting against, then evil wins. It's evil times two. There must yeah. be an appreciable difference in this kingdom that we want to be a part of and that we're advocating to others. So you said, you said that people started shouting they started chanting what did they start chanting when they were listening to the gospel and these were not these were not a bunch of seventh-day Adventist people right you were preaching to the choir the majority of them were from the world angry people who see the evils that are going on what did they start chanting one race many colors one race yeah. many colors. one race Sounds like E.E. E. Cleveland to me. You know what e. Cleveland used to say? Dr. Cleveland used to always say, he used to always say that it's not, it's not a melting pot. It's mm. not a melting pot. Everybody's not supposed to lose who they are and cultures right. don't have to be absorbed by other cultures. But it is a stew. That means that everybody belongs in the pot. We bring our own unique contributions there. One race, human race, but many colors. And that's what makes life so tasteful. Yeah. Hey, listen, I think that it's a movement. I think that a movement is about to start. Yes. One race and many colors. Yes. Where we insist on our place in the pot. Yes. Because everybody's going to be better when we're all in the pot doing it God's way. I yes. want to say congratulations to you. God has laid his hand on you. And what happened last Sunday is probably a template of what can happen across this globe when people embrace the message of Christianity and understand the need for being socially engaged. What do you guys think? Well, I was Chris. going to jump, I was going to jump in and just uh, ask because I think that this movement that you all are describing is absolutely real. It's happening. And while people are on the edge of their seats, they're salivating, they want guidance. They need to know what to do. So practically speaking, like next steps speaking, um, are we going to be able to look forward to receiving some marching orders um, as God is kind of leading this movement? Um, is there what, what do we have to look forward to as it relates to, you know, practically putting our feet to the pavement and, and doing as as we receive these these life changing concepts? Yeah. Uh, I will say this, when, when I was uh, out there last Sunday and 
you know, part of this message was that as Christians, no, I don't say as Christians, I just said, listen, I reminded them of Harriet Tubman mm -hmm. and how Harriet Tubman was not content with her own freedom. She went back in to enemy territory to deliver her brothers and sisters from the plantation. And when we begin to understand that those who are, those who are racist are on the plantation of Satan, nonetheless, they are our brothers. They are part of the rainbow. So when we understand that this is, this is a, a greater enemy, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now we see, wait a minute, God has given us a responsibility to go deliver our brothers from the, the, the uh, slavery of ignorance, of hate, and of racism. So when I was like, listen, we need new abolitionists, I was like, raise your hand if you want to be an abolitionist. And when I saw 400 people like, sign me up to be a neo-abolitionist. Yeah, and I'm like, I wish I had some paper right now. <laughs> like, right. what what do I do now? You know, it, right. it was just like these people were ready to be like, let's go destroy these people with love. That was the it turned from you know, uh, no justice, no peace, no racist police to, all right, how are we gonna love these people? How are we gonna overcome our these people that that are against? The rainbow, how are we going to overcome it with love? So as a result of that, I've been reaching out to a couple of, uh, of leaders. I reached out to, to Pastor Doggett, and we are actually um, looking at getting together and putting something on the table that's going to be very tangible, and we want to see it spread across North America yes. and across the world because we have a message that is prime right now it is mm -hmm. prime this is prime time yeah there the world is waiting for a message like this and i think it's an opportunity that god uh is is like just showing us this is the way that's good that's good dr thompson did you want to jump in and, and mention anything Wow, I, I believe with all my heart that that we are living in a time where the the answers or that that man have put forth have proven to not be sufficient, and so we need we need to hear from the Lord um, what is the true solution to men's problems. And at the end of the day, the only person who's going to really fix all of this is Jesus Christ. And so I'm, I'm thankful for just the reminder that the gospel is the solution to, to, to life and to the world's problems. And so excited, excited about what's happening. Awesome. I wish you guys could see all of the comments. I see, I see people put in the comment section, I'm ready, exclamation point, exclamation point. Because I mean, as you all are talking, um, this good word that you're, you're spewing now, it's, it's, something's rising in the city of our soul and, and people are ready. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to, and this is what I want to do. All of you who are tuning in, if you can hear my voice, if you're watching this stream, I need for you to go to your prayer closet right now. And I want you to start praying, making this a, a matter of prayer, prioritize this in your prayer closet and pray as these leaders are meeting, um, as, as uh, pastor Ivor Myers, as Dr. Doggett, as these le leaders are meeting that the next steps, will be very clear steps that they would hear clearly from God and so that we can receive and know exactly what it is that we need to do because it sounds like this meeting is, is about to take place this upcoming week sometime and we're hoping that we'll be able to 
be here with you guys. We're in the movement. We want to go. So we're excited to hear what God has to say to you. Yeah, it's it's that time, guys. It's absolutely that time. God, God is going to be using us in mighty ways. He has an instrument. It's the instrument of his peace. It is the, the vehicle by which he's chosen to win this world, to change society at large, and to get people ready for his coming. And it's his church. Here we are. We're available to God. God talks when people are ready to move. He yeah. doesn't talk just to hear himself talk. But we're ready to do something now. And I think the people of God are beginning to marshal themselves together. And we want to make sure that it's a movement that is undergirded by the spirit of the living God and inside of the fences of his word. And I love that for those who are ready, hey, we got to do something aggressive. Know this, that there is a belt in God's word, too. We're going mm -hmm. to make sure that those who are evil and oppressing others, particularly, are removed from the necks of others so that they can breathe and yes. make life-changing decisions. So that's a part of it. I know it's a part of it. But at yes. the end of the day, we have a package to deliver that nobody else has in their mailbag. And we're going to have to make sure we deliver that package and we can see real change. Not just people back off because they've been overpowered, but the changing of minds and hearts so that enemies can actually become friends and we're all the better for it. Yeah. Amen. Um, Amen. If I can just add and I, you know, that we're in such a place right now to speak to the nation. You know, we know, and uh, Elder Dog, we were talking about this a little bit early and I won't be long with this, but that second beast, we're talking about prophecy, that second beast in the book of Revelation that has the horns of a lamb, but speaks like a dragon. We know that the way that beast represents United States of America and the, the reason it speaks, what it speaks in the great controversy, it says the way that it speaks, it's through its judicial and legislative branches. If that's the case, this is clearly telling us that while America uh, um, looks like a lamb, its legislative and judicial practices have been dragon-like. Mm -hmm. And when we begin to understand that our very founders pointed to this beast and identified it on the sole basis of racism, we have a prophetic message that is gonna that can speak to an angry community right now saying, hey, did you know that this was Bible prophecy? Right. Did you know that just like you wouldn't expect a lamb to speak in dragon-like terms, when we people say, oh, you know, racism doesn't exist, it's not a real thing, look at how beautiful it we're like, look, the Bible points this out. Yeah, it looks like a lamb, but it's speaking through its legislative and judicial branches in ways that are not lamb-like. Man, yes. they hear that, that's in the Bible? Mm -hmm. Hey, what else is in the Bible? What, what mm -hmm. tell me more. Uh, I'm just super excited about the, the opportunities that we have as God's people to reach an entire world right now with a with a very relevant message. So I'll end with that. Hey, I've heard these two gentlemen ought to be at the table as well. These are two geniuses that we're looking at on the screen. Uh, Pastor Jay and Chris Thompson, I hate that I said that about you, Chris. You know, we tease each other a lot, but you are, man. God has anointed you for these times, and you too, Pastor J.D. This platform is an indication that God is moving in your lives, and we're hoping that at the end of the day, this will be something that can sweep the nation, not for the fame of any person, but so that, in fact, the nation can become more in tune with who God is and what life should be like when you're living under the banner of the Almighty. I think we better leave Rupert Bush there some time to preach. 
Now, yeah. I take a look yeah. long. Uh, Ivor, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I thank you for coming thank on you. this moderation moment, man. I thank you so much. But we got to give we got to give Bushner time to preach. I know his Amen. guns are ready to fire. I mean, Amen. they're ready. So we got to <laughs> let him. We got to let him shoot it tonight. Absolutely. Again, thank you guys so very much. That was our moderation moment. Thank you, Dr. Doggett. Thank you, Pastor Myers, for coming through and for giving us that good word. We're excited about what God is doing. Um, at this time, I want to go ahead and let all of you know that as you've been pouring in, you've been sowing your seeds here in the fertile ground of the QR2 Prophecy Edition. Dr. Thompson, can I let you know that just today, because of the people's faithfulness, we were able to send $1,000 to a family who is expecting a baby. And wow. we're, listen, listen, I celebrate. Let me go ahead and celebrate y'all, man. Wow. Your generosity and your sacrifice has been amazing. And I want you to know that you have been giving and people are being blessed because of your giving. So I want to encourage you because look, I don't know if you remember last time we came together in the first revival. In those three weeks, we had a lady. She was pregnant, a single mother. And we ended up asking, hey, do you have a registry? She said she did not have a registry. We put a registry together for her, and all of you all bought over 60 items off of her registry. Wow. And, and Dr. Thompson, watch this. Not only were we able to bless her with financial blessing, but we were also able to give her um, the blessing of purchasing items off of her registry. Uh -huh. But here's, here's the overarching blessing. All of that took place one week before she delivered her baby. Wow. So after her, her baby was delivered, a healthy baby boy was delivered. We received pictures from her of the baby wearing clothes that you all bought off of the registry wow. in the hospital. That's so when awesome. I tell you God's timing is perfect, awesome. I believe it. And I appreciate you for being willing to be partners with us in this, this, this season where people are struggling in financial crisis. So Dr. Thompson, I think we're going to do this because I asked the question, Hey, the, does the family have a registry? And the answer came back, no. I think we should put a registry together for her. What do you think, Dr. Thompson? Man, I, I think, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm, what's coming to mind is that promise mm -hmm. in the Bible. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Come on. Right down, shaken together, running over, shall yeah. be given to your bosom. So as you're giving to somebody else, the Lord is basically clearing space so that other people can give to you. So it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be a blessing. It is a blessing to be a blessing. This is what we'll do. This is what we'll do um, because we're going to put together this registry. We'll make sure that you all get the information. You'll know where to go. But I wanted to give you a heads up that you've already, before we do anything else moving forward, bless this family with $1,000 during this season. And again, they are so grateful. Um, you were able to bless multiple families. We've, we've blessed, I believe, seven families now with uh, close to $7,000 in just 13 days. <laughs> that's wow. that's how amazing you all are. And I want to encourage you, if you do have the desire to give, if it is your desire to continue to sow, let me just remind you of where you can go and sow your seed. You can go to the Cash app and you can send your seed by using the money sign, the Q Revival. Screenshot that if you need to. Or you can go to PayPal and you can use paypal.me forward slash the Q revival and you can sow your seed that way. Or if you don't have cash app, if you don't have PayPal, you just want to use a card, a debit card, a credit card. You can go to the Q revival. I'm sorry. I'm putting the email address up here. Good Lord. 
you can go to www.thequerevival.com. Again, that's www.thequerevival.com, and you can sow your seed there. Also, at our website, you can press that button, Let's Connect, and you can let us know if you are in need of financial assistance and, and fill out that information, as well as if you need special prayer, if you need baptism or Bible study. All of those options are there on our website at www.thequerevival.com. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys for sewing and we appreciate you for reaching out to us to let us know how we can pray with you and for you and how we can also be a blessing if you are in need of financial assistance. Man, Dr. Thompson, I'm ready to preach. I'm, I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to hear a good word. Um, Dr. Dr. Bushner is in the virtual building and and if you don't mind, before we hear our song of meditation, if you don't mind, can you please tell us a little bit about our preacher for this evening? Well, I don't know if this was intentional, um, but I feel I feel privileged to introduce the preacher for tonight. I have known him for uh, at least about roughly about 20 years, and um, I remember that when I first started out in ministry, that he was one of the ones who I looked to and said, I want to be like him. I want to preach like him. I want to connect with people like him. I remember I had sensed the call to ministry and about some days later, somebody had called me and said, hey, I'm going to this youth event. And I went with them first time going to this place that I didn't know what to expect. And he was the preacher. And I'll never forget, he preached on Eutychus, a young man who fell out a window and and and, and talking about how young people, uh, how they are falling asleep because the church is not speaking to them. And I, and I believe that the QR revival is a, is, is a perfect example of, of making sure that Eutychus doesn't fall asleep. But I'm thankful for Dr. Bushner, his ministry. This man preached all over the world and has served as a youth director. He has served as a university chaplain. He served as an evangelist um, and, and currently uh, the, the co-pastor of the Patmos Chapel Church in Orlando, Florida, and uh, a mighty, mighty man of God, an awesome preacher of God that generations have been impacted by, by his preaching gifts and his preaching ministry. I'm, I'm I'm proud to know him, and and I've always looked up to him, and I'm I'm looking forward to the word that God is going to speak through him tonight. You're going to be blessed. You're in the right place, because the man of God is going to speak a word from God for us tonight. So glad that you're with us. Looking forward to the word, Doctor Bushner. Thank you, Jesus. Great is your name. You are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Say great are you, Lord. Great are you. 
it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour in our lungs. So we pour in our lungs. So we pour. Lift your hands and say, Great I Sometimes I don't feel it, but I'll say, Great are you, Lord. Sometimes my back is against the wall, and I'll still say, Great. And I don't know where to turn, but I'll still say great. Oh, Lord. Lift up your worship. We give you glory, Jesus. In the beauty of holiness, we give you glory, Jesus. We give you glory. This Lord. Shout your voice. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, and great are you, Lord. You sing. Our hearts will cry.
At this time, we want to go ahead and invite our preacher, Dr. Rupert Bushner, into the virtual sanctuary. Dr. Bushner, are you here? I am here. Amen. It's a joy to be here. Praise be to God. I'm excited and I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. The floor is yours. We're excited to hear the word. Thank you again. I just want to say to Pastor J.D. Doggett Jr. for this awesome, epic opportunity this platform in which he allowed many preachers to have come and share the word of God. Thank you so much, Dr. Doggett. I mean, Jane, Pastor Doggett, well, actually it's going to be doctors so on prophetically prophesied on you. It's going to be Dr. Doggett real soon. And I want to say to my colleague, Dr. James Doggett, it is a privilege. It's an honor, joy to be here at Patmos Chapel, Seventh-day Adventist Church, co-pastoring we're having a wonderful time. My colleague, my brother in Christ, it's a joy. We're having so much fun. We think it might be even sin because we're just having a ball ministering to the people of God and to the Patmos Chapel Seventh-day Adventist Church members. We want to say greetings to you as well, to my lovely wife. I want to just bless her because she's been a blessing to me. And Chris, Dr. Thompson, thank you for those kind words. It's been a joy and a privilege through the years to share the gospel. And I always say it's nothing like being able to talk about your best friend, Jesus. And so tonight I'm honored to be here to share with you the word of God. And as they would say, because of the brevity of time, I'm going to expeditiously move through this thought so that I can stand up, so I can be seen, speak up, so I can be heard. Then I'm going to sit down so I can be loved. But it's a joy to be here. I'm excited because so far the ministers, the preachers have been blessing our souls. We've been in the prophetic mode and starting with Dr. Peeler to this moment, we've heard some powerful words from the Lord and God is truly good. One of the things I know about God, he always sends a message of warning before he sends judgment. And I want to say also to my friend. Ivo Myers, thank you for your ministry. I heard that sermon. I listened to it. I was sharing it with my wife, and it is a blessing, powerful word. And I believe that if we can take that word into our hearts and we can receive it and share it with the world, I think we can turn things around because we're living in some tumultuous times. We're living in a time where people need a thus saith the Lord. They need the compassion and the love of Jesus. And so I believe tonight that as you, as Dr. Doggett, and as you mentioned, we are on to something. That message the, galvani the galvanizing of the people coming together, that's going to be incredible because we know truth is going to triumph. Love is going to win. Jesus is going to have the last word. And so to God be the glory for what he is doing, what he's about to do. And so praise be to God. Let me go ahead tonight and go ahead, get in the word of God. 
tonight our scripture text is found in second peter i want to use that as our foundation second peter chapter one beginning with verse 16 second peter i would like to read this text of scripture second peter chapter one beginning with verse 16 it says for we did not follow cunningly devised fables i like that this is what peter is saying peter is saying for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, I just want to testify on behalf of Peter. Peter says we were eyewitnesses. Don't miss that. We were eyewitnesses. We were there on the holy mountain. We were there with the transfiguration. We were there. We were there. And we were eyewitnesses. We were what, everybody? Eyewitnesses. Don't forget that. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice, such a voice, such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And we heard this voice, which came from heaven. Now, I, I want you to hear me now. He says we were eyewitnesses. We heard the voice and we heard the voice, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. We, we, have, we have the prophetic word confirmed. I, I, I love this text right here. We have the prophetic word confirmed. Right there, it says that. Let me, let me read it again. Let me slow down. I'm getting excited. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well, uh, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, that text ought to shout you right there. Let, let me say that again. It says, and we, and so we have the prophetic word is confirmed. In other words, if King James says we have a more sure word of prophecy. Now, right before I pray, I want to say this about this text, what the Bible is telling us and what the word of God is saying without a doubt. You can see, you can hear, you can feel but there is something more sure than your senses. Let me say that again. In other words, the Bible says, I want to go back and emphasize that because when I talk about the word of God, we're talking about something we can stand on. We're talking about a, a firm foundation, something that is dependable, something that you can count on the word of God. There's power in the word of God. And that's why the Bible says, just like the rain comes down and the snow comes down and waters the earth, it makes it to bud. In other words, so shall my word be. Whatever it goes out to do, it will accomplish it. There's power in the word of God. And tonight, I want to encourage somebody to know that it's not about how bad 
bad you are. It's not about what you have done. It's not about where you have done it and, and where you have who you've done it with. The power of God is able to lift you up. The power of God, the word of God is able to fix your brain, fix your mind, fix your heart. And so let me slow down because I want you to know tonight Peter is saying we were eyewitnesses. We were there on the holy mountain. We saw and we heard and we felt Elijah and Moses had come down and Jesus, his face was transfigured. And we heard the voice from God say, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. And this is what Peter says. We have a more sure word than what we saw than what we heard, what we felt, which means the word of God is more dependable than our senses. I want you to feel me now. In other words, he says, for prophecy that we have been given did not come by the will of man, but it came by God. The Holy Ghost moved on men. And I want to begin because my subject tonight is who is really talking? Who is really talking? Who is really talking? And when we go into the scriptures, many people say they believe the Bible. Many people say they believe God. Many people say they believe there's a heaven and there's a hell. Many people believe that they ought to live right and walk right and talk right. But how is it that people's behavior and people's lifestyle doesn't reflect really what's in the word of God? And so when I look at the word of God, it's God is trying to tell us something. And if we're going to ever get better than what we are, and this the ills of our society, we need a word from the Lord. I, I need God to talk to me because here in the text it says, which we do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Now, that text is telling us that prophecy was designed to shine in a dark place so that the path of the just shines more and more. And I praise God tonight. He has not left us in dark in the dark because Amos chapter three, verse seven says God does nothing in secret, but he reveals it to the prophets who then in turn reveals it to us. So tonight I'm convinced in my own journey thus far. And God has been so merciful and so good and so kind and so compassionate to a sinner like me. And so therefore, I understand now when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord because he has given us everything he could give us. And so let me pause right now and bless God, because I want you to know and I believe that every one of us who are watching and listening, if we are lost, it will have to be decision and not deception. Oh, oh, let me say that again. See, God is obligated to make sure you know his, his what he is. He, he wants you to know what he's going to hold you accountable for. That's God's responsibility to get us the notes. So therefore, as we go into the word of God tonight, I want to share with you the subject. Who is really talking? Because whoever is talking in your life is going to determine what kind of life you have. The sum total of your life is based on what you have listened to and what you have heard the most. That's why David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So uh, tonight I want to whet your appetite about the word of God. But I want to show you something from the scriptures, how the devil would take control and show us and flip us and show us how he's going to do his bidding. Now watch this. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
We ask now that you will speak to us. We desperately need a word from the Lord. Now we understand that you are speaking, but now pray that our senses will open up and that our minds will be clear and we will give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Now, when we look at the Bible and we talk about prophecy, I want us to understand in the book of Revelation, we're looking at God's control of the future. When you look at the book of Daniel, you see God's sovereignty. God is going to have the last say. The book of Daniel and the book of Revelation go hand in hand. In fact, as you read the book of Daniel, the angel told him to seal it up until the end of time. And then revelation comes along and begins to give us a revelation of what's going on. In other words, when we look in the word of God, notice here as I begin in Revelation chapter one, the Bible says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. The Bible was given so that you and I can know that God is in control. The Bible was not written to prove God's existence. The Bible assumes you believe God. Now, first of all, when you go to the word of God, you're not going there to prove God's existence. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. So he that come to God must believe. So I have to already have looked over God's resume and by faith believe. Abraham's response to God is evidence that he knew something about God. You see, today, when you respond to God, your faith in responding to God is evident that you knew something about God. Why are you saying that, preacher? See, you cannot act on something unless you know something about it to act on it. For instance, and let me break it down. When you go into a room that's dark, you don't fight with darkness. You hit the switch. And when you turn the light on, light comes and the darkness it, 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 it moves out of the way. It, 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 it dissipates. It, it's gone. Why? Because you did something you knew you have done in the past. So faith is my definition of acting on what you know. So if faith is acting on what you know, and if people don't have faith in God, maybe they don't know God. See, when you know God, as it is your privilege to know him, you can trust him. So when I come to the word of God, I believe that holy men were moved by the Holy Ghost to give me and you a revelation of what God wants us to know. And what blows my mind and my own thinking is this. Prophecy is simply, now get this, and you've heard me say it before, but I want to say it in this context. Prophecy is simply God telling the devil how he's going to take him and he's going to pull it off. <laughs> what a mighty God. See, that's all prophecy is. Prophecy is actually telling the devil how he's going to do it. And there's not one thing the devil can do about it. That's the power of God. See, the Bible was written for the believer. And as we understand the Bible, we know the game plan. We know the end. We know the beginning. We know the in between. But the Bible tells us, according to Romans chapter one, the, the, the person like the sinful person or the person in the world, they don't know necessarily there is God, like the natural man. He, he knows somebody made this stuff, but he doesn't know God like we do. In other words, the person who has the scripture, they have special revelation that points out who made this stuff, who God is. 
So where are you going, preacher? I'm setting this thing up to say that if we don't know who's actually talking to us, how can we ever live right, walk right, talk right? And what I want to show you in the word of God in Revelation chapter one, there's a revelation of the throne of God. The Bible tells us here that John saw him for himself. He begins to see a vision of Christ walking among candlesticks in Revelation chapter one. He is assured to know that Jesus has not left us. He gets this vision while he's on the Isle of Patmos. He's being encouraged by the angel, but it is Jesus Christ, the one who hung on Calvary, the one who said, John, mother, mother, John, take care of my mama. And this is the same Christ who hung on Calvary and hung his head and died. But now this is the same Jesus who comes to John while he's on the Isle of Patmos. And he wants John to know that even though you're living under a persecuting dominating empire i'm with you i have not left the church just because you're going through some hardship just because you're going through some trials just because you're going through some difficult times i'm with you always and i'll never leave you nor forsake you now watch what happens see saints i i want you to see in john revelation chapter one he has a vision of the son of man in john chapter two and john chapter three you get a glimpse of the seven churches by the time you get to John, Revel I'm sorry, Revelation chapter four, Revelation two and three shows us the seven churches. By the time you get to Revelation chapter four, John now is in the throne room of God and there's some rejoicing. There's some praising and they're throwing down their crowns and they're lifting up holy hands. And the Bible says whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him. I mean, they're throwing down in glory. Every time they start praising him, they just start throwing their crowns down. And that's why I believe when I get the glory, I'm going to bless him forever. I'm going to praise him because he got me over. He brought me over. He came through. And that's why in heaven, in chapter four, they're praising God. They're blessing God. But by the time you get to chapter five, there's a concern. And they're wondering who is worthy to open this book. There's a book there that, that John, and I'm giving you the cliff notes. You got to study this on your own because I'm going somewhere. John now says, I, I see a book and, and it's sealed. It's seven seals. And then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? They're looking for somebody. Is anybody worthy? Can somebody open up the seals? Can somebody make a way out of no way? Now watch what happens. We find Jesus. Yes, that's right. Jesus, Mary's baby, the Lamb of God, the Rose of Sharon, the bright and morning star. They're looking around and finally they find him who is worthy. And this Jesus begins to open up the seals. Now, what I want you to understand now, and we only got a short time when John sees Jesus, Jesus begins to open up seals. And the first seal, the Bible says, is a in Revelation chapter six. Now, I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold, a white horse. It was a white horse who sat on it. He had a bow, a crown and was given to him. And he went conquering to conquer. Now, now this is actually 
the powerful first century church from 31 AD to AD 100. This is when the church was powerful. This is when the church had um, fellowship. This is when the church went house to house breaking bread. This is when the church had all things in common. This is when the church had church people or folk coming to the church. The Bible says he added to the church daily as such as should be saved. In other words, evangelism is the outflow of the overflow of the love of God. In other words, the first century church was so powerful that their evangelism emanated out into the community. That's what one author says. He says that the sin of love, he said what happened in the first century, their love for each other was so powerful. They took care of each other so wonderful. They were just loving on each other and that love emanated out into the community and people start sniffing and they start smelling and all of a sudden that love it brought them to where these company of believers were and they wanted to know what must I do to be saved they wanted to know how can I join this company of believers who love on each other who care for each other and that's what happened in the first century but then the bible says during this time and you got to understand this white horse is actually synonymous with Ephesus first love now when Lola Moore preached the other day she talked about Daniel chapter 2 and then Daniel chapter 7 the empires Babylon Medio Persia Greece and Rome and then the tens to ten toes but then in Daniel 7 it emphasizes a little more well what God does in his mercy he does things called he does it in a repetitive way but he breaks it down in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 you have the seven churches. The seals actually mimic them or the seals. For instance, this white horse is synonymous with Ephesus, the first love. You remember when you joined the church and you was in love with God? You could do no wrong. You were first to be the church and last to leave. Whenever they said, let's go pass out literature, you was right there. You were on fire. You were there on time. But then all of a sudden you leave first love or that white horse and you go into the next seal now watch this the second seal is now a fiery red horse the second seal he went out and he was granted to bring persecution on the people of God now that's what happens let me just say this after you go from Ephesus you go to Smyrna I mean you go to yeah Smyrna and then what happens is you go into that church Smyrna is a church of persecution as Rebecca Davis mentioned last night needing hope see Smyrna is a time of persecution see now watch the movement and I've got to move fast Ephesus is first love when you fall in love with Jesus everything is fine but when the devil see you give your heart to God all hell breaks out you know it was you know when you out there in the street things in you know you were cool but then as soon as you joined the church now you're thinking church members don't like you and all this hell and going on. Well, that's because trials are given in the school of Christ to purify God's people from the dross of earthiness. Now watch this. God sees something in you. That's why he's allowing trials to come in your life. So when you move from that first seal to the second seal, like moving from Ephesus to Smyrna, you now find yourself in hot water. And let me tell you something about hot water. The tea bag will tell you I'm at my best when I'm in hot water because my flavor come out. Trials are to help develop and show you where you are. Spending time with God builds you. Trials reveal you. And so now in this persecuting church, 
what happened was this. Eusebius says, we saw the most marvelous inspiration, a force which was truly divine and the readiness of those who had faith in God in Christ. Immediately during this time of persecution, when sentence had been pronounced on one group, another party came before the tribunal acknowledging themselves Christian. In other words, when they saw somebody being burned at the stake, they said, you might as well bring me on down there because I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to love God no matter what, and nothing going to turn me around. Nothing going to buy me out. I'm not wanting for a truce. I'm not going to be talked out of this. I'm going to trust God when I can't trace him. I'm going to love on him no matter what. I'm not going to let my external stimuli dictate my internal barometer. I'm not going to let my circumstances define my knowledge of God. He's been too good to me. He's been too great to me. So I'm not going to let a little trial cause me to stand down. And that's what happened during this second, this second horse or, or the second seal. They were going through persecution. You see me? They're going through persecution, just like in Smyrna. They're going through persecution. And notice what happened. They sang hymns and offered thanksgiving to God up until their last breath. I mean, wow. See, that's when the devil was persecuting the church that's when he was trying to, 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 to stamp out the church. But something happens. You go from the red horse in chapter six, verse five to a black horse. And during this black horse is a time of compromise faith. Now, watch this. It's a compromise faith. Compromise, which means during this time, the compromise faith, we find the church going through some changes. Now, last. Pastor Moore mention that but what i want to say here as fast as i can get to this point and that is who is talking watch now watch what happens if we could put up this we, we we have i have a slide and i want to go to that slide where it says the white horse the pure horse the pure faith the bloodstained faith and i want you to notice something from ad 31 to 100 you had the white horse from ad 100 to 313 you had the red horse that's in the Bible. And then in verse seven and eight, you have a pale horse and then you had a black horse in verse five. So you have these horses. Now, let me just say this. You have the white horse. You have the red horse. You have the black horse and you have the pale horse. Now, in about 500 years, the church moved from being pure. Righteous to be in a church full of error and darkness. Now, you got that when you heard Corey the other day, Corey Johnson, when he preached about the woman, Revelation 12, and then Revelation 17. She changed. She did. The church went through some changes, and the church compromised, and it lost its power because it connected with church and state. Okay, let me, let me, let me move on. Let me move on. See, the strategy of the devil was the more I persecute them, the more they grow. So I'm going to stop persecuting them. And if I can't beat them, I'm going to join them. And that's when during this time of history, according to historians, the teaching of men was substituted for the teaching of God. Remember in Daniel chapter eight, verse 12, she says, and his he will cast truth down to the ground. And he did this to prosper during this time of the black and pale horse. There was a compromise in Christendom. That's when the woman that was pure in Revelation 12 becomes the whore sitting on this animal in Revelation 17. However, as he mentioned, 
there was a promise in her. She birthed Jesus and Jesus followers followed him opposed to following the church. That's why I say to you tonight, no matter where you are, you ought to follow Jesus first before you follow the church. Now, if the church ain't lining up with Jesus, then you ought to make a departure and do what the Bible says and say to them, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Can I just preach this thing? In other words, what it is, when you look at the Bible, you see that the devil has to do something to camouflage himself to get worship. The devil doesn't care how he gets it. He just wants worship, even if it means deceiving the people of God and the greatest revenge the devil can find on a uh, find on God is by causing others to suffer and lose their souls. Now watch this saints. Daniel chapter seven, verse 25 says he shall speak pompous words against the most high. He shall persecute the saints of the most high. And it says that he's going to wear them out. And during this time, which you'll discover during during this time is that the Roman church, the pap the papacy came together during this period of time. Now, because my time is short, I want you to get this. The church moved from a pure church to a false church in a matter of 500 years. You got that? Now, watch this. The papacy came on speaking great words. That's that little horn that Pastor Moore talked about. See, we're in this prophetic moment and you and I, we as the people of God need to know where we are in history, where we are in the stream of time. Because I told you prophecy is God telling the devil how he's going to take him, let him look over the notes, let him study the notes and still going to pull it off because he's God all by himself. See, that's a powerful God. That's who I want to roll with. Somebody that can tell you how they're going to take you and do it. That, that reminds me of Michael Jordan back in the day. He'll tell you, I'm going to take the ball behind my back. I'm going to throw it through my legs. And then when I go up, I'm going to hang and I'm going to dunk on you with my tongue out and you can't stop me. And if that ain't and if that ain't good enough, I'll, I'll find somebody else who you want me to dunk. I mean, he would literally tell you how he's going to do it. And that's why prophecy is simply God telling the devil how he's going to take him. Now, it, now, this is what I want to say right here. And I just got a few more minutes. I'm going to let you go. The devil can never beat God. Now, if the devil can never beat him, why are we listening to a loser? See, if the devil is a fool and we listen to him, that makes us a bigger fool. What the devil did in Revelation chapter 6, he persecuted the church. Then he brought compromise into the church because that's what happens. Now, remember, I told you, you started off with your first love. And then you go through some persecution. And then you compromise. That's what usually people do. So you're either going to change your belief or you're going to change your behavior. And Christians who come to Christ on fire, following the Lord, doing everything the Lord, then all of a sudden tro troubles come, trials come, then all of a sudden you think you made a mistake. You want to turn in, the, throw in the towel and give up. No, 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 no. I, I, I joined the wrong church. No, in every church, you're going to have good and bad people. But in God's true church, you will not have good and bad doctrines. Now, now watch me. I'm, I'm going somewhere. See, in every church, you're going to have good and bad people. You're going to have the wheat and the tear. Jesus said, let it grow. I'll do the separating. I'll be the judge. You just need to make sure you on sure foundation and that you are following me by faith. And if you keep your eyes stayed on him, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Stop looking around. The Bible says they will have a form of godliness from such turn away. Why do we spend most of our time? 
dwelling on people in the church who have no power. Why do we spend most of our time magnifying them? I, I tell you why. We're looking for excuse to justify why we just want to stay sorry. I, I don't mean to finish. In other words, we're looking for something to hang an excuse on so that I don't have to raise, raise the bar in my own life. See, Jesus is the goal. Jesus is the model. Not some sinner, not some frail mortal human being, not some finite man or woman. We all jacked up from the top of our heads down to the soles of our feet, covered with putrefying sores. We are all messed up, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None righteous, there's none that do right. And so why am I going to measure myself by another human being who's lost in sin. I've got to lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from God. And so what I want us to understand tonight, prophetically, in Revelation chapter 6, we're getting the four succession of Christian history of how the church is going to move. Just like he showed us in Revelation 12 through Revelation 17, and just like we saw in Daniel chapter 7, where the little horn is going to fight against the people of God. And they're going to hijack the church, and they're going to bring in beliefs that's not in the church. You don't believe me? There, there's a slide there. Don't you know the Roman Catholic version of the Ten Commandments are different than the commandments that you read in Exodus chapter 20? You see, it's amazing that if you go back and do your homework during that time, there was an apostasy. And again, if you go back and listen to Pastor Corey Johnson's sermon, you'll get that. I don't have time. But the church moved from pure white to darkness, pale. And it was a dead church. And whenever you don't do what God says, do you're going to be dead. Whenever you don't obey God, you're going to be dead. I, I, you know what? I believe in the grace of God, and I know there's power in the blood, and we're not saved by obedience. Obedience is incidental. Let me say that again. We're saved by the blood of Jesus. We're saved because he spilled his blood on Calvary. We're saved because he died for a dog like us. He commended his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, he died. That's how we're saved. The just shall live by faith, and that grace kicks in when I take him as my own. His righteousness becomes me. I don't become righteous because I do right. I become righteous because I trust him. And when I trust him, I love him. And he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, obey me. See, faith without works is dead. People say, well, ah, if I just love the Lord. No, it's more than loving the Lord. I'm not saying obeying him makes you in good standing with God because the truth of the matter is there's nothing good enough you can do to turn him on. And there's nothing bad enough you can do to turn him off. He already in love with you. you. You feel me? And so what I'm saying is we're saved by the blood. However, let me tell you something. The devil hijacked the church and it was a masterpiece. I mean, if I was the devil, I would have done the same thing. Think about it, people. If you if the devil came to you in a red suit with a pitchfork, with a tail and horns, you would fall on your knees and pray like you've never prayed before. If the devil came to you like that, you already know the game. But the devil is shrewd. He's slick. In fact, I'm told the devil is so shrewd. He looks over the shoulder of the preacher to see what the preacher going to preach about. 
And what he does, he flies out of the preacher's office to intercept people who need that word the most. Why does he do it? Because he knows the word of God, when it's received into the heart of a sinner, it sanctifies them. Woo, I like that. In other words, it's not about how bad you are. If you can put yourself in the presence of God and hear God talk, something happens when his word goes out because there's power in his word. When he speaks, stuff starts happening. And that's why I'm saying, who are you really listening to or who is really talking? I'm going somewhere because by the time you get through Revelation verses one down through seven and eight, you got a pale horse. And by the time you get to this, the, 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 the fifth seal, there's martyrs dying for the word of God. Now, let me ask a question. What makes us think that if there are people dying, obeying God, that we can get by not obeying God? They were fed to lions. They were burned at the stake. They were tarred and feathered because they refused to let go of God. A little trouble come in our life. We're ready to quit. Your toenail hurt. Somebody talked about you. Somebody ain't call you. Somebody rolled their eyes at you. you. You know, and I say sometimes when people say he rolled his eye or she rolled, I jokingly say, which way did they roll them? Did they roll them from the right to the left or did they roll them from the left to the right? Or did they keep rolling? They could be crazy. You need to leave them alone. See, in other words, why do we let human beings, dust, bother us like this? you got to have a made-up mind. This is the ship of Zion. This church is going through. It's prophetic. Notice what happens. Real quick, the Roman Catholic Church hijacked the word. They hijacked the Bible. You don't believe me? They, their Ten Commandments is different. You know what they did? They took the second one out about graven images, and they made the tenth one two. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. You got to look that up. That's your homework. The Ten Commandments and the Third Commandment actually becomes the Fourth Commandment. And the Fifth Commandment becomes the Fourth because they take the Tenth one and they split it. And you have thou shall not covet thy neighbor's goods. Thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife. That's what it says. That's what it says. There's a slide there. Um, Pastor Dog put it up. It says the Ten Commandments. He says, thou shall not have no other God before me. That's the number one. Then number two says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That's two. But three, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, according to Revelation, according to Exodus 20, the fourth commandment is the fourth commandment, not the third commandment. But any drunk on skid row would tell you there's ten commandments. So you couldn't tell him there's nine commandments. He said, something wrong with you. They got to be ten. So they took the tenth commandment and they split it. This is what they did. You got to do your homework. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. And thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's good. That's what it says. Now, <laughs> thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. And I just want to say, my wife, she is my goods. Oh, okay, you got, you got that, you got that, you got that. So I don't know why they split the ten and made it two, but that's what they did to give you ten commandments. But I'm so glad tonight, and I'm about to take this thing on in, the path of the just shines more and more. God would have a remnant. God would have a body of believers who stays with their big brother, Jesus. OK, the remnant of her seed are going to be doing something. They're going to be keeping the commandments of God. But on the PowerPoint that I share with Pastor Doggett, J.D., you have the faith of Jesus and it begins out of the dark ages. Now, what I want you to see and understand is it took time to come out of darkness. You had the Waldensians. You had John Huss who said obedience. Then you had Martin Luther who said the just shall live by faith. And, and then you had other reformers coming on the scene.
But listen to this statement here. Just as it took 500 years for the church to go from the white horse of pure apostolic faith to the pale horse of spiritual deadness, it took time for God's faithful followers to grasp the truth lost sight of down through the ages. You got that? It took time. See, God didn't just throw on the light. It would have blinded us. But gradually, the Reformation came. Gradually, John Huss, Martin Luther, John Calvin, all these reformers, the Anabaptists, and all of them had a belief. For instance, the Waldensians said we ought to stand on the Bible and the Bible only. The Reformation is actually a Protestant Reformation, and it is the Protestant protesting against the Mother Church. And the Mother Church had led them astray because it started teaching stuff that wasn't in the Bible. You got to do your homework because I'm almost finished. Where did purgatory come from? Where did penance come from? Where did an ever-burning hellfire come from? Where did immortality of the soul come from? See, I want you to understand tonight, I can't give you everything, and I'm rushing because of my time, but I want you to understand this. If you miss anything, you've got to know who's talking because you can rise no higher than what you believe. So you can choose what you believe, but once you believe it, it has chosen you. You by, by beholding, you become changed, and you can rise no higher than what you worship. And if you don't get a sure word from God, then your worship is limited. That's why in Matthew 15, verse 9, Jesus told him, because of your because your, your, your religion is in vain, because you are following the tradition of man. See, the devil was so slick during this time of the pale horse that he slipped in falsehood. Heresy, lies that weren't in the Bible. For instance, for instance, John Wesley comes along saying holiness. And then William Miller, a Baptist preacher, comes along saying Christ is coming again, the second coming. And these are all truths that were lost. In fact, he even started reading the Bible and said the Sabbath should be kept. You, you got to read this. You got to read this. What I'm saying to you tonight is plain and simple. The devil came in the back door of the church and now opposed to God talking from the word somebody else is talking okay let me show you if I was a devil I would have to keep them from hearing the Bible because the Bible will reveal the devil's deception that's why he doesn't want you to study the Bible that's why he wants you to follow a man for instance let me uh, for instance Genesis chapter 2 Verse 1 and 2 says, thus the heavens and the earth was finished, and God rested on the seventh day. He blessed the Sabbath day, and he did not bless any other day, period. Why are we keeping the first day of the week? That's your homework. Why are we keeping the first day of the week? The first day of the week is Sunday. The Bible says in Luke chapter 23 and 24 that he rose on Sunday, the first day of the week. The Bible says they went home and prepared spices and came back, and the Bible says it was the Sabbath, and they went and rested but then when they came back after the Sabbath, early in the morning, they say early Sunday morning. Or I say the Bible says first day of the week he rose. So if he rose on the first day of the week and we say that Sunday and you count your days, then you're actually going to come this Saturday, which is a Sabbath. 
The Bible says in Genesis chapter two, verses one and two, thus the heavens were finished and God rested that day. God blessed that day. God sanctified that day. And then by the time you get to Exodus chapter 20, when he gives the Ten Commandments to the people of God. And remember, he didn't give the Ten Commandments to them while they were in bondage. He gave it to them after they were delivered. So you don't get the Ten Commandments while you're in slavery. You get them after you're delivered. See, the Ten Commandments are not for lost people. They're for saved people. See, the Ten Commandments are for people who got a relationship with God. And God says, therefore, I delivered you out of bondage. You should have no other God before me. And that's why, my brothers and sisters, let me say this. When you have another God before you, you are messing your life up. Why? Because whatever you worship, whatever you worship, it degrades you if it's less than God. Let me say that again. If you worship anything less than God, it degrades you. A man, a woman, a house, a car. You see, that's why God says I'm jealous, not because it hurts me that you don't worship. It hurts me because you can rise no higher than what you worship. And that's what this whole controversy is about. Worship. Revelation 13, worship. Revelation 12, that woman, worship. We ought to worship God in the beauty of holiness. We ought to bless his name. And your worship can only come out of a thankful heart. Worship. The devil wants worship. How is he going to get it? How is he going to get it? Let me tell you something. This is what the devil did. And I'm about to close. The devil hijacked the church. And when he hijacked the church, there are many people today who believe because they go to church, they're hearing God talk. Okay, let me say that again. Okay. Some people think just because they go to church, they'll say, well, my church doesn't teach that or I'm going to go to my church. No, it ain't about a church. Are you hearing God is what I'm saying. And what I'm saying in the Bible, prophetically, the Bible said there will be a day when the churches will split up. And then we told again, Pastor Johnson, thank you. There would be individuals, the daughters of the harlot. So, oh, okay, okay. How do we know who we're listening to? The word of God. Oh, okay, what does the Bible say about the state of the dead when you die, for instance? It was a shame when President Trump said George Floyd was looking down and he's happy about what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on, come on. Okay, let me go back. If George Floyd went to heaven and he's looking down, and he's happy. Heaven can't be heaven for him. Come on. That would be unfair for people to die and go up there and look down and see the mess we still in. That doesn't make sense. The Bible says the soul that sitteth, it shall die. The Bible says he scooped up clay, breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul. He doesn't possess a soul. When you die, the dust goes back to the ground. And that consciousness that God gave you goes back to him. And you wait on the resurrection morning. How do you know that, preacher? Okay, go to the Bible. In John chapter 11, Jesus himself gets there late. Y'all remember when the email and the text went out to Jesus, your brother, the one you love is sick. Jesus didn't show up on time. And the Bible says Martha went out to meet him. I, had, I believe Martha was a sister because she had a hand on her hip. She probably went out there and said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would have never been dead. And Jesus said this. Watch this. Go back and read it. Jesus didn't say he in heaven looking down. Jesus didn't say he in the choir singing. Jesus said he'll rise again. And this is what Martha said. Martha said, I know he'll rise again in the latter day, in the resurrection. Jesus said, wait a minute. Since you got it twisted, I am the resurrection. I'm not going to perform it. I am the resurrection. In other words, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. In other words, death 
grave. The Bible says this. Behold, I show you a mystery. We should not all sleep, but we should all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkle of an eye, this mortal must put on immortality. This corruptible mortal put on, must put on incorruption. So, so if they're teaching you a lie about death, what else they lying about? Hell burning forever? Hell, hell can't burn forever because that's a type of eternal life. It's just a different quality of life, but it's eternal. See, if you're not following the word of God, then you're going to be duped. And you're going to be stooped. That's why there's a, one of my favorite authors says this. Only those who fortify their minds with the word of God are going to make it through the time of trouble. And I'm about to quit. But let me say this. This is what the essence of my sermon is. The devil was smart enough to know that I'm going to have to hijack the church so that people can think that when they're listening to the church, they're actually listening to me. Okay, how are you going to do that? I, I remember when I was growing up and I'm about to close. I used to think Bert and Ernie were real. Y'all remember Sesame Street, Burton, Ernie was real. And I found out that it was somebody that put their hand up in them and they were talking. Let me tell you if, you, if you don't get anything I said tonight, and if I bored you with everything I said, and if it wasn't clear, let me tell you what the devil, the greatest masterpiece of the devil was this. When the Bible teaches us about a seven-day Sabbath, when the Bible teaches us that the soul is not immortal, you die. In other words, you are finite. You die. When the Bible teaches that our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, when the Bible teaches us that the second coming, Christ is coming again. He's coming back one day. He's coming to receive his children to those who made a covenant with him by sacrifice. That's right. One day the clouds going to roll back like a scroll and the dead in Christ, like popcorn on a hot griddle, going to come up out the grave. That's going to happen. There's going to be a judgment. And the judgment is not to scare us. It's to vindicate us. Because if you're in Christ, judgment can't fall twice on you. It fell on Calvary and it fell once. So if you're in Christ, judgment can't fall on you. So I'm not afraid. The Bible says we're going to sit on throne and we're going to look at records and see what happened. And the devil who's a liar and a deceiver, he deceived all of them, all of them, because they didn't follow the word. For instance, the Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Why are you going back to there? Because I've got to remember all the commandments says thou shall not. But then when you come to the commandment, it says keep. Now, you can't keep something holy unless it's already holy. So if he says keep it holy, it must be holy. That's like if I told you keep this white, it has to be white before I give it to you. So why all these churches going to church on the first day of the week opposed to the seventh day of the week? You got to do your homework. Go back and study because I'm going to tell you what the church. This is what the devil did. When I joined this church back in 1977, I was 17 years old. I'll never forget it. And I'm about to close. Never forget it. When I joined this church, the pastor came to our house, Reverend Upshaw. He came to our house because when I joined, my mother joined and my family, sister, brothers followed. And he came to the house. He said, why are you all changing your membership? And we said, if we took the Bible, we put it on the end table, on the table, coffee table, postum table. P-roll table, you know, just, okay, it's a table. And we put it on the table and we say, if you can show us in the Bible that Sabbath is not important, then we won't change our membership. I'll never forget it. He said, it's not important. Whoa, 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 whoa. Obedience is not important. Now, it ain't about a day. Don't get me twisted. People are like, every day holy. Yeah, no, God made one day holy, but you ought to live righteous every day. This is what the devil did. I'm closing. See, what the devil did, brothers and sisters, he put his hand up in the church. That's what he did. That's what the devil did. He put his hand up in the church. And people think because the church mouth is moving, 
it's Christian folk talking, but it's actually the devil. How do I know it's the devil? If it speak not according to this word, it's because there's no truth in it. That's why. See, if it doesn't speak according to the word, and just because they say Jesus doesn't mean that they believe the word. See, the devil stuck his hand up in the church. And I used to think Bert was real. So when Bert was moving his mouth, I said, oh, he's talking. But it was somebody down below actually talking, but the lips were moving. So what you see today, and don't be deceived, churches are talking, but it's the devil with his hand up in them. Because if it's not according to the word, that's how you know he's a liar. That's how you know there's no truth in it. What did Jesus do? It is written. It is written. It is written. What's your purpose of your sermon tonight? To get you to want to get into your word? Because only those who fortify their minds with the word of God's truth are going to make it through the time of trouble. Only those who understand God's government and character are going to be able to stand the wiles of the devil. That's what the text says. You do well to follow this light. You do well to follow this light. My brothers and sisters, I want to pray over you. I want to pray for you. God prophetically showed us in the Bible through the history of the church where it would be. And if you and I don't open our eyes up, we can be deceived because the devil is shrewd. He's a deceiver. He's a liar and a murderer. This is how I see it. If Jesus could tell you, I'm going to come down there and be born in Bethlehem. I'm going to be raised in Nazareth. I'm going to speak in parables and do it. What makes you think he ain't going to do the rest of it? When he says, I'm coming back one day. What makes you think he's not coming back when he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, in many mansions, I'm going to pay a place for you. And I understand tonight we're living in an empire. And let me say this as I close. The empire has three lies. And I've said this before. All life is not valued the same. We live with scarcity. I'm not my brother's keeper. And those three are lies. As prophetic resistance, how we got to respond to that is, number one, all lies. But when people say all lies matter, yeah, but if you go into a neighborhood and one house is on fire, you don't go in there and just start going to all the houses. No, you go to the house that's on fire and the fire truck puts that house fire out. Black lives are being, you know, on fire. That's why we're saying black lives matter. It's not a political thing. It's not. It's just that. Can we? It's in other words, the empire says there's value different. But what we understand, the Bible says we all have value. We all equal. And then there's no scarcity. God says the cattle on a thousand hills is mine. And then I am my brother's keeper. We got to pull together. And as we already heard, we got to work on getting our brothers and sisters off the plantation. Emancipation proclamation took place 2000 years ago in Calvary. We free. Let's go tell others. Father God. Thank you for your sure word. Thank you for the prophetic word. It's clear. You want to speak to us. And Father, tonight, I thank you for your amazing grace. I thank you for saving us. I thank you for leading us. For the path of the just shines more and more and more. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Dr. Bushner. We appreciate you.
for preaching that powerful word. I'm going to invite Dr. Thompson. I'm going to invite Dr. Doggett into our stream. And we need you to know that we appreciate you for preaching the unadulterated word of God. Uh, we received it tonight. I believe that eyes have been opened. Our hearts have been moved and, and the conviction of God's spirit is on our lives. But as we do each and every night, we want to make sure that as you've poured out to us, we pour back into you. I'm going to invite all of you who are tuning in right now. We're going to pray for Dr. Bushner and we're going to pray that God will continue to use him mightily as he used him this evening. We're going to ask that Dr. Thompson, you would lead, lead us in this prayer. If you can please cover Dr. Bushner in prayer right now. Let's go to God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the word that we heard tonight. We thank you that you didn't leave us confused, but you sent us a message and you sent us a messenger. And so, God, we thank you for the message. But God, we also thank you for the messenger tonight. God, and we pray that as he has poured out his energy and his expertise and his knowledge and his experience, God, we pray that you would pour back into him. God, we pray that as he has labored for your people tonight, that, that angels would be sent to labor for him and that uh, you would replenish him, restore him, and, and help him to rest. And God, we just pray that you would bless his beautiful wife, his, his children, his grandchildren. God, I pray that as he serves the people of God, that, that you would meet all of his needs and then some that from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, God, that he would manifest your blessings and your power and your grace and your glory. We thank you, God. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this refreshing moment, the refreshing word. We thank you for the Sabbath. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Again, we appreciate you, Dr. Bushner. <laughs> Dr. Doggett, Dr. Doggett, how'd he do tonight? <laughs> Doc, we, we can't hear you, Dr. Doggett. For some reason, the audio isn't coming through. Wow, I was I was waxing eloquently too. I was waxing <laughs> about my pastor. I was waxing about my pastor. Hey, listen, I'm blessed. I'm incredibly blessed to hear him preach on a regular basis. And when he preaches, I sit back like obedient Israel, listening to the prophet of God. And tonight I clearly heard the word of God. I felt like I was under the big tent again, the big evangelistic yeah. <laughs> tent, where the truth of God is preached straight and with conviction. And I want to thank you for it. You tackled a tough text, but you made it very simple to us. And that's wisdom to be able to take the complex and make it simple. I want to thank you, my friend, my pastor, my prophet. Amen. Absolutely. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if it is your desire to be baptized, if you need special prayer, if you need Bible studies, I want to point your attention to our website. Go there to www.thequrevival.com. And when you when you click Let's Connect, you have options there. You can let us know if you need financial assistance. You can let us know if you need special prayer, Bible study, or baptism. We would love to hear from you. If the, the Spirit of God moved on your heart tonight, I would encourage you, do not wait another moment. Go ahead and move toward the website. Connect with us so that we can walk with you during this season. Again, Dr. Bushner, bless you. Thank you for Thank that you. word. Thank you. We appreciate you, and we're excited that the people of God tonight who tuned in heard God's voice. We know who was speaking tonight. It was <laughs> our creator. It was our God. And we say thank you for being a faithful mouthpiece for the creator. At this time, I want to go ahead and 
and let the people of God know that tomorrow night we do have a special guest preacher and a special guest uh, psalmist. I'm going to go ahead, Dr. Doggett, and throw this flyer up here so that the people can get a glimpse as to who the, the, the silhouette of the preacher and the silhouette of the psalmist, who does that indicate will be with us tomorrow night? You guys get a chance to go ahead and guess. We want you to submit your, your guess. We're going to post this on our Facebook page, and we want you to send us a direct message if you need to. Email us if you have to. Put it right there in the comment section if it is your desire. Who do you think this preacher and this this psalmist, who are they? Who are these individuals? And if you get it right, just like last week, we'll make sure. Let me take that off because y'all looking too long. I need you to, if you, you better screenshot it if you really want to figure this thing out. But we want you to know that you receive $100 as a, a gift that we want to offer you, as well as some devotionals. And we want you to know that those who have won each week have received those things. They've received $100 as well as a devotional, and you can be a, a fortunate winner if you want to participate. Go ahead, put it in the comment section, put it, uh, send us a direct message or send us an email, and we'd love for you to participate. Now, Dr. Doggett has, has offered for those of you who desire to split the proceeds with him that he might be, he's, see what I'm saying? He's trying to get y'all to call him. Do not call Dr. Doggett asking for his advice. Don't do it because he has the integrity of the Holy Spirit that is rising in the city of his soul. And he, 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 won't, he wouldn't dare. So, so we don't want you to, to take the bait there. Well, well, okay, yeah. Listen, can we at <laughs> least give them a hint, though? Can I give them a hint right you now? Can, if you, hint. Okay, if it's a fair hint, then yeah, I think that that is okay. What it, All right. What's the hint? Well, first, you pulled a trick, and now you're trying to kind of flip it on me. Like I'm thinking in evil ways. You add another silhouette up there from the very beginning of this revival, and then yep. you changed it just about midweek. So mm -hmm. people probably locked in on who it was going to be, but now it's someone else. That's mm -hmm. on you. So we need to give them a hint. Here's a hint I'll give. Two, I'll give two hints. Give hint two hints. Number one, two hints. Hint number hint number one. The preacher is a male. We've had some female preachers. Okay. <laughs> Okay, See, right. that, that, that was right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> number two, number mm -hmm. two, mm -hmm. uh, preacher is the preacher is an African American, African American. That really narrows it down, Dr. Doggett. We appreciate you for helping us well, and for guiding if us. More, if people Lord want more, us. they no. can just give me a call and <laughs> no. I'll share. Do not call. No Do not call Dr. Doggett. He will not be giving you any more hints. I think those were sufficient. It, you'll know that the preacher, you know what? I'll even help Dr. Doggett. I'll take it a step further. The preacher and the psalmist are both males and they're both African-American. Praise God for you being so generous as to help them with some hints. Anyways, we want you guys to participate. Tomorrow night's going to be an awesome night. Please do not miss it. Dr. Thompson, I appreciate you for coming through and being the co-host for this evening. You brought some good energy, and we thank you so much for praying for our preacher, introducing him, and just spending some time with us. We're praying that you feel better, man. Continue to recover and recuperate, and I believe you're going to come out of this stronger than when you went in it. 
I'll take it, man. I'll take it. You're not stronger at least wiser. No more basketball. <laughs> right, right. Look, we again thank you for joining us in worship. Press the share button. Even though you received the word and were able to worship with us, we want to make sure that you give others the same opportunity. So press that share button and get the word out there so that the shelf life of this video, of this stream, will be extended by you becoming a digital disciple, a digital evangelist, by just simply doing one thing, and that is pressing share. We love you guys. We appreciate all of you for, again, worshiping with us. Last words, Dr. Thompson. Last words, Dr. Doggett. Listen, man, be encouraged. God is still with us. I appreciate the word tonight that, that God has not left the church, that he's yeah. still with us. And even in the midst of hopelessness, that God has given us hope and he is going to save us. So I'm really thankful for that. Amen. I co-sign what the preacher said, that only those who fortify themselves with the truths of God's word are going to be able to stand the times that are ahead. Thank God for his word. It's a light, it's a lamp, and it is also a power within that not only lets us know what's right or wrong, but gives us strength so that we don't sin against the Lord. I'm glad for the word of God, and I'm going to be back on tomorrow night to hear some more of it preached. Oh, yes, it's going to be good. And and I said those were the, the last words, but I'm sorry, I got to do this. If it is your desire to sow, then we want to offer you the opportunity. 100% of the money that you give to the QR2 Prophecy Edition goes to people who are struggling in the season of financial crisis. That's why we encourage you, if you are in need, please reach out to us. And if we have, as the people of God are sowing, we're giving it out to those who are in need. So if you desire to partner with us, you can. Use the Cash App and then send your seed by, by sending it to the money sign, the Q Revival. Again, that's the money sign, the Q Revival. Use PayPal if it is your desire. And send it to paypal.me forward slash the Q Revival. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash the Q Revival. Screenshot this if you need to. And then you, of course, can use your credit card or debit card right there at www.thequrevival.com. Again, www.thequrevival.com. This is going toward nonprofit um, uh, and all of what you pro provide as it relates to a financial blessing will go to to help 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 to help